listeners. Welcome back to my, uh, my yoga audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan, and today we are back for another lively and lovely conversation. And we're welcoming a musician today that many of you listeners might already be familiar with because we've played his music on the show before. It's Giovanni Morant. He's a man of many talents, including orchestrating, songwriting, singing, and playing the trumpet. He's worked with names you've heard before in the music industry, including the Backstreet Boys and Crystal Harris. He was part of the group Redbone in the 1990s, which included a record deal. And he was also the frontman, lead singer, and trumpeter with the band One Step Ahead for 11 years, as well as several other bands throughout his lifetime. And currently, in addition to writing and producing his own songs, he's the director of music programs and a music teacher at the Elliott Montessori School in the Boston area. We met online through our mutual love of the artist formerly known as Prince, and he's performed in the Prince tribute band called Love Sexy, a tribute to the music of Prince for about the last year. So while Giovanni certainly has a sound that's all his own, and as different as all his songs are, in several of them, I definitely get a sense of our Purple Prince when I listen to some of his tracks, and that to me is a very, very good thing. Anyone who is a Prince fan is a friend of mine. So welcome, friend Giovanni. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Megan. Can I add something? <laughs> of course. Yeah. That's how could, my... I, how could I forget? I worked with Genuine. Well, okay. <laughs> Forgive me, but I just, it's been it was so long ago. But yeah, genuine. That's another one. <laughs> that is another big one. Oh my goodness. There's this woman that I follow on um, on Instagram, but she's also on TikTok. Chrissy, it's called CSA Punch or something like that. All of her reels, her TikToks, everything is from the music of the 90s that, you know, we, I think we're in a similar age group. Our age bracket and yeah, genuine is the one that she plays a lot. So that is so go. awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. It's good dude. Throwbacks. So tell us more. That was my, my next question was be like, tell us about your interest in music. Who is Giovanni Morant the musician? And when and how did it start? And have you always known you wanted to be a musician? All right. Well, I am the son of Joey Morant and Linda Morant. And they're both musicians. And they met at music school, and they're just phenomenal people and phenomenal musicians. Growing up, I had three older brothers, and we grew up watching my father on stage, just wow audiences with his amazing talent, and it's just way with people and way with music and his gorgeous arrangements and, and interpretations of, of, of amazing songs. And so that's, I grew up with that. And oh, and, and he actually put my brothers and I on stage as sort of a singing group and called us the Moranchin Four, where we sang, you know, a bunch of songs. I remember we sang Tie a Yellow Ribbon <laughs> around the old oak tree. We sang Delta Dawn. <laughs> we sang Me and Baby Brother. And we had little dance steps that we would do and singing. And there and a part of the show. Like Mark would get on the drums. Joe took out his trumpet. I was so little. I just had maracas or a tambourine. Obi played the bongos. And so, you know, we kind of grew up in it and great stuff. My mom's a cellist. And I don't know, they're just wonderful musicians and people. So, 
So you've grown up being surrounded by sound and the love of oh, yeah. music. Was there any question that you were not going to go into <laughs> some <laughs> form of this in yeah. your lifetime as you've gotten? Yeah. So it is a lifelong family business. <laughs> wow. And is, is most of your family also still involved in music? Yes. Yes. I have a sister who actually, she's a, she's a dancer. My brother is still performing as a drummer. Actually, two brothers that are performing as drummers. Um, actually, Joe is now an actor. Oh, actually, Obi is now a podcaster. Oh, <laughs> but, but he's a he's a saxophone player. He and I used to play the dopest horn lines. I'd be on the trumpet, him on the sax, and and he's a singer, amazing writer, and everything. And so, yeah, we all do something. My oldest brother Bob is in a blues guitarist. is ridiculous. So yeah, it's it's there. It's everywhere. <laughs> that is fantastic it's literally in your dna i feel like yeah. in terms of how you were raised and i imagine what's i mean your, your profession now too so in addition to singing and songwriting you're i'm not sure if you're a full-time or part-time music teacher but what are some of the things you're you're teaching what are the some of the things you're witnessing with these aspiring musicians well good question i should make a slight correction forgive me for not writing this down i did teach for 10 years that was a few years ago. It's been a few years ago since since I did that. But I and it's funny when I let me do a quick little history. That's okay, here. we're here to tell so, stories. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the seventeen year college degree program. <laughs> so after the first four years, I was still sort of a semester away from my degree. But then uh, three of my brothers moved up to Boston and we, we made this group called Redbone and we wanted to get a record deal. So that's what we did. And then and that took us a few places. And then I at one point I taught myself guitar and started my own band, started writing songs. Fast forward in 2001, I was like, man, I need to go back and finish my degree. So I went back to BU and then I, it was just a semester. So after that, I moved to New York. While I was in New York, I got a job with Jimboree. I don't know, uh, the Jimboree Play and Music. You know, they have a clothing store, but they also have this uh, sort of a, uh, like a music and me, uh, mommy and me program kind of thing. And a lot, a lot of people liked my class. And I ended up being like the number one Jimboree teacher in Manhattan. So it was like, cool. But while I was there, I was still commuting back and forth to Boston for my wedding gigs on Saturdays. And this amazing singer in my wedding band, her name is Dr. Christina Whittlesey, what, uh, one time she said, Gio, you should be a music teacher. You know, the kids love you, whatever. It's like, and I actually have this, I have an interview in the beginning of January. They really want to give me the job, but I don't want to leave my job. I want to give them your name and you should go do this. So she hooked me up completely. I went to the Elliott Montessori School. Met with Bill O'Hearn, the greatest head of school ever. Wonderful guy. And um, and I'm like, man, I, I do not have any teaching education. At, at that time, I didn't. But what he said, he said, what I want from you is to help these kids effectively communicate musically. And I was like, well, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't have the pedagogy yet, but I can reach these kids musically. And so I kind of jumped in the deep end of doing that. And then I eventually got my master's degree in music education and all those things. I, you know, I got it certified in Kodai and, and ORF and all these other, the actual music pedagogy that, they, you know, for school. But the biggest part of it is just looking in these kids' eyes and reaching them 
where they are. What does music do to you? What do you want? What are you looking for? You know, let's work, let's move together. Let's learn together. Let's what which instruments are talking to you? What what melodies do you like? You know, these are these are kind of basic questions. Music is human. Human is, you know, so, and so that's the beginning point. And then we worked in the pedagogy as we went and we learned a little theory as we went, but we just spoke music together. And that's, that's really what it was about. And it was good. I love that. We spoke music together and the opportunity that you had to get that start, even without the education that they were willing to be like, you obviously can teach kids. We know you can do this job and then worked with you you yes. know, to meet yeah. the educational requirements. I think Absolutely. That's, that's huge for people to, and kids, right? Learning about this. They're like, I just want to play music. They can still have a career, right? They can still do these things and they don't have to all follow the same traditional path. Exactly. And, and so I should say also, while I didn't have the formal music education at the start, I had the master's degree in music through my father's education. That's one I couldn't get from school or anywhere, <laughs> or, you know, watching him for so many years, him, his introduction with, you know, to the instruments with my brothers. And he taught me how to sing in tune, you know, he's in, in the, his own personal fundamentals of mm-hmm. music, which again, these human things, you know, and, and so anyway, so I, so I did have an education. It just, I just didn't get it from the college at the time. But, uh, right. Anyways, yeah. I so I put wanna, the two together, you know. Yeah, no, it totally works. And now I kind of want to backtrack on something you said. And we didn't talk about this before, but now that I know that red bone was formed with your brother, I mean, I have an understanding of the word red bone, but I wondered if you would explain <laughs> it to, to listeners who might not be familiar with that and what that, how that came together in your group name. Oh, good question. <laughs> okay, Unless so, you don't want to talk about it, but no, I feel good, like it's that's, an, it's that's an interesting talking point. So Redbone is one of the names, one of the names for light-skinned Black people. And I think it started in the South. And they still use Redbone, you know, when they talk, you know, or yellow is another one, high yellow. And when my brothers and I decided to form this group, Um, My brother, Mark, contacted a manager, agent, lawyer guy in New York. And once he saw us, he was like, man, y'all need to call yourself Redbone. (laughs) And and the whole theme of the group needs to be this United Colors of Benetton thing. And it was like, it was it was the the mid 90s, you know, so this was big back then. Yeah. Uh So that's that's the short of it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's that's true. It was about that time. It was like early '90s, and someone I barely knew said that to me in a a lineup at like a muffin shop in the mall. Said, <laughs> like heard me talking to somebody and said, "What are you talking about, Redbone?" And I was like, "Redbone." <laughs> what did you say to me? And I had never heard it before, and had to you know go look it up. So well, now now <laughs> Donald Glover, Donald Glover has that famous song called Red Redbone. I think it's called Redbone. Mm-hmm. So whatever. So now a lot more people know about it. But. Yeah, it's it's a lot more common now. And I'm, yeah. I wanted to just take that little segue too to talk about <laughs> the the band. But then now, like our listeners who are loyal listeners, and there's there's a few I know that that they're out there. They wait for every episode, every second Saturday when it comes out. So we've released several of your new songs here on Maya, including the amazing and inspiring song "Pour It Out, Start Again." which was a result of you listening to episode 19 
Living in Flow with Roshan Davis, who also just launched a podcast this week. Oh. So that's a side note. But oh, yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll add that one. <laughs> listeners quickly. are definitely going to want to be listening to that. And so he said something, that, that phrase during the interview, and it inspired your song. So tell us what that was like, how it happened, all that. Amen. So let's see. My It was a Saturday. My family and I, we wanted to go out, you know, and, and it's the pandemic, but we're like, screw that. I mean, forget that. <laughs> we're, we're going out today. And we went to the De Cordova Museum. It's and, and it has an outdoor sculpture park, which is perfect, you know, being outside and everything. And so we went there and it, it was about an hour's drive. And I told my wife, listen, I got to listen to this podcast. Uh, she's playing my song again, and I need to hear what's going on, you know, how the flow of the podcast and everything. What are they talking about? What's going on? You know, whatever. And so I listened to Rashawn. I loved what all the things he was saying, you know, about living and, and, and his philosophy and approach to life and and the homie, you know, the homie said. I just, homie, I, yeah. Oh, spiritual <laughs> homie. I just love all that stuff. And you mentioned that, I think you brought it up, where, like, he lost everything in his computer and like everything that he'd been building for like 10 years with his brand somehow. I don't remember all the specifics of it, but he said, man, like my mama used to say or whatever, pour it out, start again. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And it just really went to the heart of a lot of stuff I, I had gone through, certainly with writing songs. You know, I put, put so much energy into formulating uh, an arrangement and it's like, it's not hitting, maybe. And I was like, you know what? Move on. You got to get the next one. You got to hit the next one. Pour it out. Start again. You know, in life, you know, I thought this opportunity would have yielded this or that, but it didn't. Pour it out. Start again. And it turns out that all that work you put in, it is cumulative and long-term results in general, in life. It, it helps you get to the next place. You got to pick your foot up and then the work you take to pick it up, life helps you put it down to the next one. So, yeah. So anyways, it just it just hit me directly in the heart and I loved it. And I was like, man, that's a song. I need to write that. So I sat down I, like I do a lot of times. I picked up my guitar and I'm like, where is it? And I just just the melody started coming. I was like, ah. And then it happened and, and it was there. It just happened. And that, that was a quick song, you know, because sometimes they're quick like that. And it's like, whoa. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was less than a week after that episode came out and you were like, listen to this. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. That was absolutely <laughs> beautiful. So the first, I think the episode... Oh, no, it wasn't that one. That was the second time. So the first song we released was Blood on the Stone. Yes. The one on that, Keep It Coming. Keep It Coming was the one that came. And now you have Need Some More. <laughs> and <laughs> and Back to You. Sorry, I pulled that one up, too, because that has been your most recent one. So It's been a fertile beginning <laughs> of this year. First quarter of this year, I got to say. Amen. So good. <laughs> Need Some More Now. Is like is I had it as your newest track, but actually there is technically one more, and I don't say it lightly. But I think that one, every one that comes out, like oh, this is my favorite. But I think need some more now is my favorite, and it's because it is so reminiscent of 
prints, but you definitely got your own spin on it. And then the video that accompanies it, I love it in the red room and there's like three of you and you're playing all the different instruments. So how many instruments do you play? I feel like that's a Prince thing too, because I think he played something like 27, some insane number of instruments. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So I've never counted, but it's kind of like, like if you play this, if you play the alto sax, you could play the clarinet, you could play the flute, you know, you play the reed instruments. If I played a trumpet, I could play like the flugelhorn and, you know, there's a lot. I haven't really counted. You know, I play guitar, a little guitar, a little bass, keyboard instruments. I don't know if you can't see over here. I got my keyboards right over there. Oh, but, love oh, it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so mm-hmm. so I'm not sure exactly how many, but, and, and I'm no prince. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> but I do enough to get my ideas across, I believe, you know. And so, yeah. But Need Some More. The story of Need Some More was really this. And I was talking to my wife. Because I finished, I did Keep It Coming, then I did Pour It Out, and then I did Back To You. I actually did Back To You right after Pour It Out. Oh, okay. And I told my wife, I was like, man, Kelsey, my my songs are so serious. <laughs> it's like, I got to, you know, it's like, why are they so serious? She's like, well, because, you know, you, you really focused on a lot that's going on in the world and there's serious things that you're really addressing. She's so like, you know, if you were thinking about something else, you'd probably write one of something else. I was like, hey, you're right. <laughs> so I was like, man, I need to write me a dance joint. <laughs> and so it's weird because usually when I say I need to write a, this kind of song, I usually don't like them. But as I'm, look, I'm looking at these beats, listening to me, I was like, oh, man. I, I felt like this one beat. I was like, hey, that's kind of like Princey. And so I just started. I went. I went after it. And I liked the way it turned out. So. Yeah, but even the like the video itself too, it was very and that wasn't even reminiscent of Prince. That was something else, but I could I can't place my finger on what it was, but I very often on Saturday and Sunday mornings put it on when I'm like <laughs> I, I love it. The, the middle the middle's going up and down. I love it. It's like moving. I love it. <laughs> no, it's so good. Well, and then seriousness. So I feel like Blood on the Stone is is a little more serious and definitely back to you. And we can still talk about those those things here if uh if you'd like to because i'd love to know your and i appreciate though that you were like i need to do something that lifts me up right now you know and doing need some more now so i appreciate that in my heart i always try to be a positive person but sometimes there is blood on the stone and sometimes there's these other difficult things to talk about something i appreciate about you you're 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 braver than most on your timeline you know you'll have like family stuff and lovely things and then just be like hey this is there's some BS going on over here. And, you know, you talk about that. So how is that? Inf- it's there. It's 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 our reality. And in, in these times we're living and I do not want to be the one who's not looking. You know, I want to see what's what's really there. And uh, and 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 then obviously try to do something in, in my power, you know, about it. So Blood on the Stone, in fact, I wrote that. God, like in 1997, 96, 97. This is when I had my first band that was my full band where I wrote all the songs, you know, I sung all of them. And that comes from that era in terms of my writing anyways. But that to me is just a meditation on just American slavery, you know, and it's an elegy for the black people who were killed and brutalized throughout, you know, that portion of history and, and even onwards. And it, and it's like a prayer for the dead, you know, in my view, you know, and I, I, I need to do these, these songs live, 
you know, I need to do these songs live because they're so they will be very powerful. You know, I just I need to get a choir back there singing those ahs at the end of that song and just, you know. So anyway, so I needed to write that and I needed to bring it back. I, the, the recording you hear, I just did, I think, in December, this past December or November, something like that because I, I felt like I really needed to bring it back because it's so relevant and pertinent. It, it touches on what we're experiencing today, actually. So <laughs> so I did that. Yeah. And then when you said... I, I um, wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah. If you, if you don't mind, you picked that song. You, want, you wanted to put that song on your podcast and it meant everything to me. What brought you to that song? You talking about what informed it confirms why I wanted to include it because I would never have guessed it was written in the nineties. It felt like it was written today. And it's just all these things coming up. And the one phrase, even just now in my, in my head, like, you know, thinking about the song was like, despite the good intentions, you know, like, and that's what we're faced with now. Like 200 years ago, it was definitely not about good intentions. Now we're at a state where things have changed a lot and there are a lot of really good intention, but a lot of mistakes are still being made and a lot of more, more than mistakes. But it's just poetic the way that you talked about these really devastating things. And then when I was looking at back to you, I was like, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to watch the whole thing yet because I just get overwhelmed with all the names. And it's just like, but we do, you know, we need to stay aware of of these things. And that there were so many and, you know, some that I have it in front of me now. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much, man. It's too much. It's dif- it's difficult. So, yeah. But I guess as a songwriter, as an artist, you know, like Nina, Nina Simone said, our art needs to reflect our times. So I guess I'm doing that as much as, much as I can. Exactly. And it's it's a way to process our emotions and our feelings. And to me, that's We'll get to that later. You know, it's my yoga audio. But as I've said before, it's not just about, you know, yoga isn't just about doing physical poses. It's about eight different limbs of healing and how people interpret that in their life is far beyond doing a yoga pose. So there's just movement of any kind and expressing yourself in a way, you know, you can journal, you can write. And music, as you said, is a huge part of that. And I think people connect to music the fact that I often wake up with your songs in my head, like there'll be, you know, those classic <laughs> songs throughout time, but especially when we have a new, and they just stick with me. So that's why I keep asking you if Amen. you'll let us put Thank them you. on the podcast. That, Cause I, that means I, everything. <laughs> yeah. They resonate. And I feel like more people, if more people could have that feeling, like be humming this tune that makes them, even if it's difficult material, even if it's blood on the stone, even if it's back to you, if they hear that and it's just like, that's also keeping that consciousness alive and, and that's a way through healing. So, yeah. And so this was a later question, but I'll ask it now. If yoga has meaning to you, whether you practice physically or philosophically in any way, shape or form, I feel like it does because you've said some of your songs are meditation or like an elegy towards things, but well, I would say that there must be an overlap in my approach or beliefs or philosophy or whatever and yoga, even though I've never specifically practiced yoga. I did, however, growing up, I, my father, uh, we all did some, 
we did Taekwondo. We loved Bruce Lee, but Bruce Lee was a philosopher and I studied some Zen and, you know, meditation. I was read a lot about a lot of that stuff, but, and also try to, to incorporate some of those things and the way I, I, I'm, I see the world. And so I think, you know, that I incorporate some yoga ideas perhaps, but I don't practice per se, you know, yoga, but. But I love the way you talk. I feel like you do in some senses that you may not be aware of, but the way you teach, right? When you say to kids, like, how does music make you feel? What is it that you want to play? What's we, we speak through music. And that's, that's one of the limbs for sure. Yeah, I was just curious. We hadn't had that conversation, but I always like right, to ask right. people. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm open too. you know, I, I mean, I, I'm exercising again. Good God, I need to, you know, so maybe I need to get some yoga in there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness. Actually, speaking of which, I'll plug it now. You know this already. I started a, um, a My Yoga Audio YouTube channel because I you, subscribed. Were, you were one of the people who asked me, what's your YouTube channel? And I've had people say in the past, when are you going to put some of your yoga videos? Because I would just post them to Instagram. Yeah. And okay, I say, when right, are you going to put right, them right. on YouTube? Like then everybody can just access them all the time. I just subscribed. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. So yeah, there's, there's a little two minute things in there. I keep them short and sweet, just like one pose at a time, but may end up doing a full class. It's kind of a side note, but also to do with the podcast. So I don't want to dwell on that, but just so you know, and listeners know, and then maybe we could switch tracks now to talk a little bit about your family life, if you feel comfortable. Absolutely. And I know you're in the Boston family, a father of three. Is that right? Father of four. Four? Oh my yeah. goodness! Sorry, I'm just going by. It's all right. You know what's I, on the feed? Three girls and one boy, and they're amazing. Uh, my family. Speaking of profound experience for me, really, is the growth of my family. My wife and I, you know, as we grow and get closer, and live through the things we live through. My oldest daughter, Harmony, she just got back from Guatemala not too long ago. And she's making her way through through the world and life. She graduated with honors from College of Charleston two years ago. <laughs> Go Harmony. <laughs> My second oldest, Bethany. <laughs> she graduated from high school last year, the valedictorian. Oh, yes. <laughs> and my, 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 my Isabel and my Orion, they're just amazing. Orion is full of hugs and flips and energy. And Isabel, oh goodness, she's just a little angel flower, you know, fairy. I just love her. But she is singing on Pour It Out and Start Again. That's right. And it's just everything. I tell you, when I played it, it's one of her favorite songs. And when I first played it for her and she's down here next to me and she starts singing. And I was like, you want to sing on it? And she's like, yeah. And I gave her the microphone and some headphones and I, I left. I didn't tell her what to sing and she just sang it. She just sang it, everything that needed to be sang and nothing more. And I had to turn it down in the mix because she's really shy about it. But if you listen in headphones, you'll hear on the left side in the second chorus and in the end of the song and, and you'll hear it. But anyway, so yeah, so I, it's uh, just everything. I'm going to listen to it again now with that in mind just so that I could hear her. How, how old is she that she was singing? On She's that? seven. She'll be eight Aww. next week. Next week she'll be eight. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, being surrounded by, you know, someone like you, is your wife involved in music too? 
She can sing, but not so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't say that right. She's not so much involved, but she has a gorgeous voice and she can sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely. And I know, so one of the dates we were going to do the podcast potentially on, turns out you have a live gig coming up. Is that still right? On June 11th? Uh, so there was, we were going to have one on the 11th. Actually, our gig now is June 19th. Okay. And it's the first gig we've had since February 15th of last year. So about a year and a half. And it's going to be an outside gig in Taunton, Massachusetts at this District Arts Center. And I can't wait. You know, we're going to be uh, getting back together for a couple of rehearsals just before we go out. And uh, I'm excited. That is cool. So it's going to be live. Do you know if it's going to be like broadcast or recorded that people can hear it later? You might not know at this stage I yet. Don't, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. That's a good question. When I you do, know. just share it. We'll share it on the on Instagram and on Absolutely. the website and stuff, just so people, will, if they're local, they can have a chance to come out and see and hear you. And so the name of the band is Love Sexy, a tribute to the music of Prince. And so that's the name of the band. If you see that, check us out. <laughs> and so I'm assuming it's going to be all Prince Oh yeah, so all that's, that seems all a given. That's ah! all we do. Only Prince. Yeah, man. Ah! I'm so psyched. <laughs> I wish. Congratulations. That's going to feel so good to be live again. I've seen some international pictures where, you know, people are starting to perform in countries around the world again and see, and it's just like, (laughs) we're all so jealous, right? Because we're like, I know, I know. Well, and speaking of which over the last year to go back to your family for a moment, how is your family adjusted? So if there's six of you, my God, six of you at home. How is how has that been handled? Well, there, there are four of us at home. Okay, um, it's it's my wife, is my little seven year old, and my five year old, and myself. And so my wife, she's an endodontist, and she's been going to work. Aside from a month or two when the pandemic first hit, she's been going religiously to work. Um, but th- she has all the masks. They have all the equipment to keep everybody virus free. Plus she's fully vaccinated. But anyways, my kids have been doing full remote schooling and they'll finish the school year that way. And so I've kind of been facilitating all that. And my kids have a few friends they talk with on- online and on the phone. So they're trying to maintain some, you know, some socializing. And, you know, we do what we can. We're, ma- we're making it. We're making it and we're, we're fortunate. We're doing all right. Good. I'm so glad to hear. I know some, sometimes in these situations, it can be the arts or the artists, you know, in a family that it's because of a variety of reasons, sometimes that suffers. So I'm so glad you're able to balance the family right with, with work life and everything that needs to get done. And kind of to go back to always wanting to share with listeners tips that guests have discovered in in life that have helped them that could be something new that somebody hasn't heard before. And so one of the things I like to ask people is what is something you have read or seen or experienced lately that has profoundly impacted you? Heather McGee is sort of a, I guess, a political strategist. She does a lot of things. She has a book called The, The Sum of Us, The Sum of Us. And sort of the philosophy behind the book is is how we all lose with drain the pool economics. And just to break it down quickly, back in the 50s and 60s, or, or I forgot exactly when, but America put a lot of money into like 
public parks and public pools. And they were just wonderful, big social communal environments. And everybody loved them. And it was something for the communities to feel good about, except black people weren't allowed to go there. But then when the federal government changed things and said, now black people have to be allowed to participate, finally, one of the things that these communities would do is they would close things. They would, they drained the pool. They drained the pool because they did not want to allow black people in their pool. And so this book called The Sum of Us, it's about this, this viewpoint of this zero sum gain. If, if, if we allow you to have this, then we lose this. When in fact, it, it's been proven that it doesn't work that way. When you include more people, it's a positive sum game. Everybody benefits more. And so when she breaks it down with all the data on how this, this, this drain the pool economics really hurts everybody, we lose trillions of dollars each year because of this thinking, this governmental thinking. And so it's just, it was phenomenal the way she breaks it down in depth. Heather McGee and her book is The Sum of Us. And I would just highly recommend it for anybody who cares about this sort of, you know, uh, equality and, you know, equal, ju- you know, justice and everything. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that now. I think of that as what you just explained is like scarcity mindset, right? That you're afraid there's not, there's not enough to go around. So I better, I better get my share and, right. and, and make sure I'm not without, you know, because somebody else might have more than, than me. And it's interesting. There's a park that's, close by our, I mean we're in what 2021 <laughs> but there's a park that's close by our house that it turns out has a pool and I had no idea that there's even a pool there and my friend that I regularly walk with said well it's like it's closed like it's never open and I'm th- and now it's making me think I'm like has it been closed since 1960 <laughs> like what what is the deal like why isn't it uh, open now uh, like and, so, and to me that's a blight you know on the landscape not just socially but also Physically, like we have this resource right there where people could could go and swim and play. I mean, COVID is different, but it wasn't because of COVID. She had said it was no; it's just been there forever, but it's like never been open. Now I'm curious. Yeah, so about you gotta that. wonder. Yeah, what's going on there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so. thank you for sharing that. I had not heard of that book, but that sounds like a really, really good read. She has uh, a really good TED talk. So, oh, that so too. Look, look her up uh, for a TED Talk. Heather McGee, M-C-G-H-E-E. Okay, yeah. that's good. For people who want to watch or read or, or yeah. both, that appeals to both. So then one of the other things I wanted to ask you is what is one of the biggest life lessons you've ever learned? I think there are three or yeah. two and a half, if <laughs> I may. <laughs> but the first one is about listening. Just Learning to listen to what's going on around you, to the the person if you're or people you're talking to, and what they're really saying, what they may be meaning, so we can respond appropriately. Listening, and I guess maybe the the other half of that is like my dad always said. He he used to say, "Follow your mind. Whatever you do, follow your mind." And what he was saying is, you know, you've heard maybe your instinct, your gut that inside voice that tells you, that knows when it's time to go, <laughs> that it knows when it's time to move, or when it knows when it's time to, to stay and work. You know, you got to listen to that. He's like, so many times you find out that when you didn't listen, 
you miss something that you didn't want to miss. <laughs> so that's a big one. That's a big one in terms of general awareness and then, in, you know, listening inside. And then the, the next one I would want to say is I heard, I forgot where I heard it. Someone asked, it wasn't Bill Gates, but it was somebody like that. Or maybe it was the dude, it was a, the head of the Fed, Greenspan or, or something for a while. He said, what would be your advice? to a young person out there. And I love this. He said, you have to learn to ask for what you want. You have to find a way to learn and teach yourself how to ask for what you want. If you don't ask, you have no shot of somebody saying yes. <laughs> you know, you have to, it's like, I, t I, I talk to Harmony and Bethany about this a lot. Like, listen, you know, if you, you see what you need or what you want, Who's around you? Is there somebody that's been there? Is there somebody that, that's a little bit further along that might be able to give you that just a little nudge, that little that support? Learn to ask for what you want. So for me, that's been big. So I think those things. Are those are great. And I love that you, I mean, you, I almost, I've never seen your dad or met your dad, but the fact that you learned that from him because strangers tell us every day, especially online, follow your gut, follow your instinct. And it's kind of like, it becomes like a broken record thing. And we all know it's kind of true. Like when something bad happens and you're like, eh, I kind of knew that would happen if I did that thing or whatever. And you're like, and you chastise yourself, but to hear that from someone you love and look up to and who's mentored you, it's like, bravo, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Mont, like that's a huge lesson. And even for something like writing a song for me, like, you know, like I said, that I heard, I heard what Rashawn Davis said and I was like, I need to do this. So I, I sat down and picked up my guitar and it came, but I could have been like, nah, man, I'm going to go watch this movie. <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, it, I would have, I'm sure I would have lost it. I'm sure it would not have come to pass. <laughs> so, so, you know. Yeah. There's, I'm, so I'm also a writer and there's, um, a famous writer, Elizabeth Gilbert, who's written about in her book, Big Magic. And she talks about that concept. And I can't remember the official term she gives it, but she said the same thing. If you have an idea, run with it or someone else will take it. Because she's like, haven't you ever had this idea for an invention or a book or a whatever? And then six months later, you see a headline in the news and you're like, I thought, I thought of that. Why didn't I? And she experienced it in writing a book. She started writing this book and then she was kind of like, eh, I'm not feeling it. A year or six something, she met another writer at another conference who was literally writing the same story. And she's like, I put it down. I decided it wasn't important enough. And now someone, and again, I don't want to go into the scarcity mindset, but it's sort of right, like, right. if this flash comes to you, there's a reason it came to you. There's, and you, you need go. to trust that. And exactly. Go with it. Yeah. 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 It's not to say that you won't get another flash somewhere down the right. road or somewhere, but it's not about that. It's about this one is presented yeah. itself for you. Yes. And believing you in go. yourself, right? Like believing in, in the value that you're going to bring to this idea or exactly. this, this song, this, oh, yeah. Exactly. 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 Yes. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. And ultimately uh -huh. we can go back to Rashawn. Say it didn't work. You still did the work. You still did the work. Right. And so that next one will benefit from this work. Right. Also. So, Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, that, man. That Always, lesson. Yeah. Yes. Pour it out, start again. Sometimes, you know. Oh, I can't wait to play that. I wanted to ask you if you would mind as we wrapped up, 
the episode if once once we record it. So it's partially selfish because <laughs> I like your music so much, but I think our listeners really will too. And one thing I've noticed, it's really interesting. The last musician we had on the show, Joshua Stoddard, we did this a similar thing at the end of his interview. We just played about 15 or 20 minutes worth of tracks. All right. And somebody <laughs> listens to that episode almost every day. It's now our most listened to episode. And I'm like, and I realized it clicked today. I was like, it's probably not the conversation. Somebody's obviously really enjoying, or people, not just one person, <laughs> are really enjoying the music and just hearing these tracks all in a row. So I know we've kind of done them one at a time. So I'm hoping we can just play like two or three or four after Absolutely. we close this out. Yeah. And then people can return to it and be like, it's a mini Giovanni album. However, I also want you to tell people where to connect with you, where they can hear more of your music, see more of your videos and like, and just keep, keep up with, with where you're at. Absolutely. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. It's uh, Giovanni Morant. If you look up Giovanni Morant on YouTube, all my videos will come up. I have a website, GiovanniMorant.com. On Instagram, it's for the longest time it was Mr. Incredible. <laughs> but when I did need some more, I changed it to need some more now because it's out now. So I'm on Instagram. I'm on I'm every, I'm on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify. I'm on all the streaming streaming platforms, all of them. So yeah. yeah. Oh, good. That's that's right. The Mister Incredible. I would always spell it wrong when I was going to look for you, and now it needs some more. Now it's easier to remember. But Mister Incredible, as as the acronym kind of form that it is, is right. really awesome too. That's a fun name. I took out all the vo- the vowels. I like it. <laughs> no, it's really good. Thank you so much for being here today taking this time i know you're a busy family man and i'm sure you've got another song on your heart so we can't wait to hear it and we will we'll make it yeah. thank you thank you this means everything you know thank you for having me here definitely yeah awesome. you're welcome keep sharing <laughs> what you do and thank you yes. for blessing us with your sounds amen thank you <laughs> and listeners that is it for today we're going to close out the episode with a few songs from Giovanni that some you may have heard before and some you may not have, but you can have your own little listening party here, mini listening party, and be sure to tune in with him on YouTube, on Spotify, on iTunes, and on Instagram. I'll post all of those on the website and it will be associated on Instagram. We'll put all those links in there too, so you can keep up with what he's doing. And until next time, my friends, keep listening closely and expanding exponentially because it's always a great time for your mind to be on the map.
swung with absence of care. Just a sign of the times With brains of similar size And good intentions Make a new 